ha ha ha, I couldn't tell you because they don't want me to. It's a big secret, and if you saw it, you'd be shocked because you couldn't tell it's glitter. Whoops, I forgot I signed an NDA. I think I'll stop now. The Social Psycho Confabulation with Ben and Mr. A. So there's this Naval Medical Research Institute report that came out in 1971 and was revised in 1972. Um, and this, I'll read the abstract here. More than 2,000 references on the biological responses to radiofrequency and microwave radiation. Radiofrequency and microwave radiation. That doesn't exist. Um, are included in this bibliography. Uh, Particular attention has been paid to the effects on man of non-ionizing radiation at these frequencies. Non-ionizing radiation would be the low frequencies. So I think that's UV and below or whatever. Um, so if you think about the electromagnetic spectrum, you've got like low frequencies like radio waves. And I think they literally call them like low frequencies. And then you've got visible light and then you've got ultraviolet it's like U ulf lf that. like low frequency ultra low frequency high frequency yeah that's just a huge fan of yeah 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 so they were saying they're focusing on the low range non-ionizing ones um so they find 2000 uh references actually the the supplemental additions bring it to 2300 so they they just summarized 2300 papers um, when when and then was an this? Outline, like, when is this thing from? 1971. Um, so they just put an outline of the effects which have been attributed to radio frequency and microwave radiation. Um, so I thought I would read some of these effects. They are very wild. Um, so they don't really talk about much like they don't go through like an analysis it's not like a study like okay which of these effects are real they just say we're just going to summarize the literature like what does the literature on this have to say about what these radio waves and low frequency waves are doing to humans because i read this and i was like wow that's uh that's interesting um so i'll just go through some of them heating of organs right whole body skin bone brain, sinuses, that's, that's some effects. That's been documented. Um, Probably why I can't changes breathe ever. In, <laughs> yeah, physiologic function. Um, so this is interesting because this actually backs up Robert F. Kennedy's how Wi-Fi is giving people problems and tumors and whatnot and affecting people. Alteration of the diameter of blood vessels increased vascular elasticity. Oh, well, that almost so, seems like a benefit. <laughs> well, he was saying that the problem, the Wi-Fi, it makes your blood-brain barrier more permeable, permeable right, or right. whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's increasing the diameter of blood vessels. Believe it. I believe so it. So that's kind of scary. It also says liver enlargement, um, altered sensitivity to drug stimuli, decreased spermato spermatogenesis, decreased fertility to sterility. Isn't that interesting? So less sperm count. That's a, an effect of radio waves. Of course it is. That they documented in this paper. So crazy. 
um, altered sex ratio of births, more girls. Just like, what? It's time to wake up. It's crazy. It's crazy. I can't believe all this. Altered menstrual activity, altered fetal development, increased lactation. Um, oh, I hate when I lactate. Blah, 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 blah. Altered renal function. So crazy. Altered blood flow rate. Okay. Now, is this just a list yeah. of like, uh, are these more like hypotheses or are the, is this more like a meta-analysis? Like these are the things that it actually does do. Yeah, so this is all they did. They just said, we looked at 2,300 research papers, and we just summarized all the effects that have ever been listed in a research paper about what radio waves and microwaves are doing to people. I buy it. I mean, I'm about to get worked up. Let me calm down. Well, hold on, yeah. because I got more Great. coming. Fantastic. So don't get too worked up yet. Good. Excellent. So hold on. I'll just finish going through here. Some other things. Central nervous system effects. I'm not even reading them all. I'm just going through giving you some of them. Uh, headaches, insomnia, restlessness. So you can tell some of these are like, we've documented insomnia and uh, uh, headaches. So it's kind of like, who knows? Uh, insomnia, restlessness, sleeplessness. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. Seizures. <sighs> um, oh, healthy. Let's see. Fatigue. Oh, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, so they they document restlessness and fatigue. So it's kind of like, Diarrhea, constipation. Some studies have said this. Yeah. <laughs> some studies have said that. So, you know, obviously, like, probably got to get to the bottom of some of this, but surely some of it is real well, and some of it's not. Well, some medications know. have literally, say, diarrhea and constipation as a side effect. So, mm -hmm. like, just because it lists both of them doesn't mean that it doesn't do either. It means that it literally can do either because... Or maybe just different contexts. If you have a medication and it says side effects, and they go nausea, vomiting, or upset stomach, constipation, diarrhea, bloating, gas. Pepto-bismol. If all of those <laughs> things are listed as a side effect, what you can glean from that without doing any scientific research is gas effects has effects in the gastrointestinal system. Some has, yeah, it's doing yeah. something if that's causing side yeah. effects in that, in that way. No, that's a good point. So um, continuing on our list, Autonomic nervous system effects, neurovegetative, vegetative, neurovegetative disorders, oh, I must alteration of heart rhythm, um, simu uh, stimulation of the parasympathetic nervous system, uh, and inhibition of the sympathetic nervous system. Psychological disorders. Okay, this this gets really wild. So, uh, neurasthenia, general bad feeling. Depression, impotence, anxiety, lack of concentration, hypochondria, dizziness, hallucinations, sleepiness, insomnia, increased irritability, increased appetite, loss of memory, scalp sensations. It's just like, whoa, one crazy thing after another. Like, and then you think about like what's going on with people today, and you're like, um, does someone need to turn the radio waves down? Like, <laughs> excuse me. Isn't it funny how they were like they decided to call people who believe in quote-unquote conspiracies tinfoil hat wearers, or it's like maybe tinfoil hats are the best bet we have for saving our own lives. It's like literally wearing an actual hat made of foil so we don't get bombarded <laughs> oh with this crap. It's so crazy. Then they talk about blood disorders, changes in blood glucose concentration and increase. That's interesting. Um, cholesterol and lipids. 
blah, 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 blah. I don't even know all these words. Um, vascular disorders, hypertension, that's one that's listed. Uh, enzyme and other biochemical changes. Uh, changes in the activity of these different, uh, they list some different enzymes. Phosphatase, amylase, uh, blah, blah, blah. Protein denaturation. That's an effect. Um, just so strange. Let's see. Is there anything else interesting in here? Oh, okay, last. Uh, genetic and chromosomal changes. Chromosome aberrations. Interesting. Mutations. Uh, somatic alterations. Changes in cells not involving nucleus or chromosomes. Cellular transformation. That sounds good. Um, miscellaneous effects. Um, these are fun. They just list 10 here, but I won't read them all. Uh, loss of hair. Sparking between dental fillings. Peculiar metallic taste in the mouth. <laughs> Treatment for syphilis. <laughs> it's like changes in circadian rhythms. Uh, just, yeah, anyway. That's the whole thing. And then the rest of the paper is just citations. I'll link this in the show notes in case you want to check it out. But yeah, it made me go, what? I have one grand conspiracy that I keep bringing up and I'm never going to stop because I believe, I've, I believe a couple things. One, that we'll never know the answer to this. Well, the weird thing about this is that, so they said in that paper, they were like, we've relied heavily on Soviet and Eastern European research. And then that's the same thing that RFK said in that Wi-Fi. Yeah, that they do way he, more research over there because they know. Yeah. Because they're... He was like, they don't allow people to have access to this stuff. Like, they're not as lazy fair as we are. Like, oh, just let everybody be exposed to it. Build 5G literally on, like, the children's elementary school. He's like, they don't do that shit over there. Right. Not for no reason. You think they would if they want to just be so much better than America, have Wi-Fi in every school and just be like right, the world. right. But they're like, but we're, but we won't do that. So, I think, I don't know if this shit is done on purpose, but I would not be surprised because I don't know what the alternative is. If there are alternative delivery systems, I don't know the true reason we have to go from two G to three G to four G to five G to six G. You know, why do we have to do that? Why don't you just do it all at once? Can't why don't why don't you just anticipate? anticipate the reason that you'll need to make a whole new system again, you know, because you're building infrastructure anyway. I mean, it just doesn't even make sense. So there's, there's people that have evidence or present evidence of like certain illnesses that didn't exist until we invented even radio at all. Like that we didn't, you know, oh, and then also mm. uh, radar, you know, cause that's doing a frequency thing as well. Now, in the, I'm just going to paint a picture here. There's a project, this is a Wikipedia mainstream information, people. Project West Ford. Three words, Project West Ford, also known as Westford Needles and Project Needles, was a test carried out by MIT uh, in, the, in Lincoln Laboratory at MIT on behalf of the United States military in... 1961 and 1963 to create an artificial ionosphere above the earth. So what this is, this is a what? experiment where they took, let me see, how many was it? 
480 million copper dipole antennas. So they went up in the atmosphere with a flying machine, a plane or something, and they released, sprayed out, whatever, dumped burlap sacks up the back of a plane, I don't know, 480 million copper dipole antennas. And what they mean by copper dipole antennas is basically picture, you know, you got these little inch long, about the, and they have a picture on Wikipedia, they show the needles about the size of a stamp that goes in an envelope. That's about the length of it. And they're about the width of a hair. So they just blasted all these needles into the atmosphere for experimental purposes. And some of the... 480 million of them. 480 million. So just a cl- <laughs> just clouds crazy. of what? fucking needles in the sky. Uh, the needles used in the experiment were 1.78 centimeters, 0.7 inch long. They were 25.4 micrometers, uh, I guess, in diameter. Different. They did different sizes for different experiments. Um, the length was chosen. This is this is important. When if you start drawing a big picture around the conspiracy about, because everyone has a different piece of this conspiracy idea that like what is like five G and or even all those research papers. Oh, it's, it does stuff to organs. Oh, it has something to do with veins or heating or whatever. There's different ways. But if you kind of do like a meta analysis, it all starts to like make this big picture. So, um, let me see, where was I here? The length was chosen because it was half the wavelength of the 8G, 8 gigahertz signal used in the study. Now, we're not to 8G yet, but the length of the needle was half the wavelength of an 8 gigahertz signal. So, that means when there's a wave of 8G... The length of that, if you could see the wave, would is is actually big enough to actually be visible. But it's an it's an invisible phenomenon. But <laughs> yeah. the the wavelength. So a lot of people have con- drawn this connection between once you get to a certain wavelength, a certain size, the closer it, be- it gets to the size of an organ, whether it be a vein, an artery, whether it be uh, your pancreas or your liver, once it gets to a particular size. It now has the actual ability to affect those organs because it's, it's, re- I, th- I guess the idea would be that it's, it penetrates or resonates with that, with that thing because of the size of the thing. Just like the size of the needle matters with the resonance of the frequency, so does the size of other stuff based on, of course, some degree of conductivity, mm-hmm. which we're made of water, so we're conductive. Anyway, now, this is just one experiment. There's countless <laughs> crazy psychotic things. That, so imagine if I said, imagine if you didn't know that. I should have tested this. Why did I not do it this way? And I said, I believe the government is spraying needles into the sky, little microscopic needles for experimentation on 8G technology. That would be called a conspiracy theorist. If you were a president or a presidential candidate, they would call you conspiracy theorist. They would tell you, your own party would reject you, just like it's happening with RFK, because it sounds like bullshit. But the fact is, it's not a conspiracy. I didn't think this up. Nobody thought this up. Somebody read a paper that was written 
I mean, by MIT right. and the military. Yeah. So this is what the military does. This is what they were doing in the 60s. What are they doing now, you ask? Let me tell you what I think they're doing. I'm getting really animated. I'm sorry. I'm just excited. Um, I believe... I'm excited about what the government's doing. I just like to say extreme stuff sometimes. I believe, and I've said this a million times, that they are spraying glitter out of the back of aircraft. And that glitter is... The, is just the is a just another iteration of whatever the hell they were doing in Project Westford and Project Needles. Why would it be crazy for me to say they've come up with higher tech technology known as glitter? Glitter sounds stupid to us because we think of glitter as the shit that's sprinkled on a Hallmark card or that gets all over you at Christmas. That is a form of glitter. But glitter is actually a super high tech thing that it, the industry is very secretive because they, it, the how to make Are we it getting into this. Yes, just for a second. We're done. We've got to explain it because we're not going to focus. It's very high tech, and it's like it can be so tiny, so tiny. It's like literally atoms thick they, or whatever. They take a f- the the official story is they take a film that's about the the. Th- it, it, ver- it could be various various thicknesses. It doesn't. It can get it very nan. They can get it nano size. I mean, invis- right. invisible, so invisible. Now I have other parts of this conspiracy that are going to get wild. And by the way, that thing that they make the the sheet out of is the is basically, you know, we just had that Ohio train explosion. That chemical might be in- involved, and in- not that particular train. I'm just saying that that chemical that we use in quantities great enough to transport it in train cars is the kind of material you might use to create a film like this um what was the name of that 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 spill it's plastic it's pvc stuff it's like that it's like a petroleum derivative and so what they do is glitter is aluminum metallized polyethylene tetrathalene polyethylene that's what it was so aluminized plastic they say it's aluminized but the way that they get that aluminum onto that plastic is a high-tech process of ionized of like literally basically vaporizing metal and it gets deposited on this sheet of very 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 thin plastic and it's deposited on that sheet it could be deposited on that sheet in any number of ways so think about how high-tech certain like have you ever seen one of those cars that drive by and as they drive by, it goes from like purple to green to blue. Like it's that. Now they do. They can do that mm-hmm. on on purpose. Like that's not an accidental paint job. Like they, if you want the car to go <laughs> yes. from purple to green to orange as it drives by, we have the technology to do that. You, we can we can make sure that the paint goes on the car in a non-random pattern, a non-random paint uh, constituent. That creates a right. a desired effect. Like uh, you could hypothesize the effect, you could come up with a way to do it, and you could do it. This is how high tech, and that's just basic consumer products, paint. So they're taking this stuff. I believe this is all speculation, and they are cutting it. Well, the in, glitter part isn't speculation. No, it, it, it they do make it. Yeah, like look that. up. There's two two manufacturers, GlitterX. There's and I listened to a whole podcast on this where they tried to debunk it. It's very secretive. Yeah, I listen to multiple podcasts like NPR, like deep dives and stuff on this conspiracy, and they all claim that they answered it. And I'm telling you, one thousand percent, they did not answer at all. They <laughs> the they gave okay, yeah. So your speculation though is and now the old conspiracy, like the main or like the uh 
old school conspiracy about chemtrails is that they're spraying aluminum into the sky. Why is that the conspiracy? Did that why and now the mainstream explanation of what glitter is is aluminized plastic basics uh, basically. Right. So that's an interesting coincidence. Now, there's also other things that people claim to be in these chemtrails. These are just like old school theories. Barium, different, basically different versions of different types of metals. Now, we can't forget that we just talked about how the government released 480 million dipole micro, like nanometer thin needles into the sky to do experimentation with five, or excuse me, 8G technology. We can't forget that. Now, when you look into the sky and they're spraying and there's a grid pattern of something coming out of the back of planes that turn into cirrus clouds that eventually spread out, cloud the sky and make a hazy day. That is not what these lying liars like Neil deGrasse Tyson say it is. Okay. There, it's not water vapor. That is ridiculous. When you see a car going down the road with stuff coming out of the back, I understand some water vapor comes out of the back of the tailpipe, but you're not, that's, we don't even call that water vapor, but you tell me if you burn jet fuel and blow enough of it out of the back of planes on a daily basis to literally cloud the sky of entire cities that that's just water vapor. That's just the main byproduct of jet fuels, water vapor, but we're concerned about global warming and jets being used in contrib- contribution to that when it's just this bullshit. So the mainstream narrative doesn't seem likely at all. And this glitter phenomenon, there's an article by, on the New York Times, look it up, Glitter, Glitterex, New York Times, whatever. What is glitter is the title I'm looking at right now. Yeah. And basically the most, the most tickly line in that article is this interviewer is interviewing these people that don't want to talk. They won't show you where the glitter's made, tell you how the glitter's made, anything. And they'll tell you all sorts of things that glitter is used in, but they won't tell you the main purchaser of glitter. The, the comment is the reason the, the reason we can't tell you is because they don't want you to know. And if you saw the glitter that we're, t- that we're manufacturing and selling in the quantities and an unimaginable, quantities you and wherever that glitter is being sold and used you would not notice that it is glitter that's what the quote is you could not you would see i think she says quote you would see something but you wouldn't know it's glitter and then all these freaking people start speculating like the main theories on this is like boat paint which is ridiculous because if you ever seen a boat it glitters like a rainbow trout and it's not you don't think that's not glitter you know absolutely that's glitter when you see cars driving think of how many metric tons of car paint are in the world it's unbelievable quantities. You know how much glitter is in that stuff? Incredible amounts of glitter. In that, in makeup, and greeting cards, and ev- none of these are the main buyers because when you see that glitter, uh, in even if it's in paint, you don't scratch your head and think it's some kind of mystical technology. You go, that's probably yes, little yes. glitter. So no one's given well, a good article, answer. Well, let me put yeah, this I out too to because read. there's a debunk on this where oh, okay. they NPR actually gets a guy that was like in the manufacturing or whatever, and he speculates on what it is. 
on what that thing is, and he's wrong. It's not true because it has the same fault. I think he says, I think even he says boat pain or some something. People think it could be on sandy beaches and stuff like that. That's possible too. But I mean, even that has the appearance of, if you pick up beach sand, I mean, I live in Georgia. If you pick up the dirt here, there's so much like mica and stuff in the, even in the red clay that if you like pick up red clay and just smear it on your hands, your hands will turn red. But if you look closely, you'll have these little shinies on your hand. Like, and I know that's not glitter, yeah, yeah. but if you look at it, you it looks like glitter. Again, I don't think that fits the description of seeing it and not being able to figure out that it's glitter. Yeah, well, so in the article, uh, the reporter asked, uh, says, when I asked Mrs. Dyer if she could tell me which industry served as Glitterex's biggest market, her answer was instant, quote, no, I absolutely know that I can't, end quote. I was taken aback. But you know what it is. She said, Oh God, yes, and laughed. <laughs> and you would never guess you would never guess it. I'll just leave it at that. I asked if she could tell me why she couldn't tell me, and she said, Because they don't want anyone to know that it's glitter. People, are you listening <laughs> to what is being said here? If I looked at it, I wouldn't know it was glitter. No, not really. Would I be able to see the glitter? Oh, you'd be able to see something, but it's, yeah, I can't. But it's, yeah, I can't. Now, here's a theory. The only theory that explains why this lady could have said that, that is at all plausible out of all the things I've heard. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm, I'm steel manning the argument that there's no conspiracy. I'm pretending there's no conspiracy. I'm giving you oh. what you might, what you might assume. And this is, I wouldn't know this. And I accept that because I've never had to. I've never encountered one of these before, but these people have, and they, the way they explained it made total sense to me on a level. So what they said was, there are some types of NDAs, non-disclosure agreements, that businesses can, can sign with each other and people, entities, whatever, and that some NDAs in the actual NDA includes a clause that you also cannot talk about the fact that there is an NDA. Like, that's how restrictive a non-disclosure agreement can be. Mm -hmm. So there's this potential theory that the reason this lady, there's two really theories that explain it and neither one satisfy me. But one is they're like trolling people, like trying try to make glitter seem interesting when it's not, but it is interesting. And everybody knows that if you just look at the technology behind it and the fact that you can't see glitter being made, et cetera. Or, yeah, well, so the tiniest glitter Glitterex makes is 50 by 75 microns. Microns, not nanometers. One thousandth of a millimeter. A thousandth. You can't see it, okay? You cannot see that glitter. Right. So this is like intense, high-level production going on. Like, how are we making things so small? We're literally vaporizing aluminum, putting it onto water bottle plastic, and it's the width of 50 to 75 microns? <laughs> Excuse me. They can they if they're atomizing aluminum 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 and putting Alum it on plastic, that aluminum can be an atom one atom thick. Like that's how technologically advanced this stuff is. So absolutely crazy. Well, did I finish my steel man? Like so the NDA. Like so it's possible, no. but but the NDA, so here's why the NDA thing doesn't work for me. Because she said all that other shit. 
If you signed an NDA that was that restrictive, you wouldn't be going, ha ha ha, I couldn't tell you because they don't want me to. It's a big secret. And if you saw it, you'd be shocked because you couldn't tell it's glitter. Whoops, I forgot I signed an NDA. I think I'll stop now. That's not what happened. That's not an, that's not an NDA. I signed an NDA conversation there. So I think this stuff is being blown out of the backs of airplanes or some kind of flying craft. And oh because and people say that has to do with atmospheric density, pressure, humidity levels, all that stuff. I have pictures of on my phone or something on my computer of that I took of airplanes mm-hmm. in the sky, multiple at a time, multiple airplanes flying at the same time, right in like a square foot vi- visual field above my head. And some, all of them will have, all of them have a trail coming out and you can see in the picture, two of them are leaving in parallel or perpendicular lines, a lingering trail that is spread from whenever they turn the thing on to whenever it gets turned off, it stays there for hours. If you watch it for hours, it spreads out and it creates a haze on a blue sky. It doesn't even always make it cloudy. It will make it look like hazy in the sky, but you can still kind of see the sun. The sun is still hot. It's very weird. Now, in the same picture, there are other planes that cannot, there's no way are that different of an altitude. I mean, it's not like a speck in in a plane. It's like they're basically the same size. You can make out the plane in both. And... Some of the planes up there are also making a trail, but it is dissipating right behind the plane, just like ex- like an exhaust in a car. You don't drive an- down the road and leave a huge cloud of smoke behind you. <laughs> Some cars do do that, but most <laughs> don't. But sometimes you see a little a little vapor coming out, and it disappears yes, immediately. Yes. So that's yeah, not happening no. to like fifty percent of the planes that fly over my sky, and. I sent you that picture no. of the grid, of right. the literal yes, yes, grid yes. in the sky. So, No, it's crazy. And we know that there's cloud seeding technology. So regardless of whether or not you believe that this can happen, it's like, well, it definitely can happen. Like there are these planes, you can look this up, like cloud seeding technologies where these planes go up and spray stuff into the sky in order to make it rain. And that's like noted all over the world. So it's possible. It's like, so then now you just have to explain what's going on with the chemtrails that happen beside or behind some planes. And, and the others. fact that they they come out and they are like Neil deGrasse dumbass comes out and says, it's water vapor is how stupid do you think people are? Literally. Like that's a troll. And I, so last week I didn't bring this up, but I had pulled up this free AI thing, perplexity AI. And so I asked something like what kind of weather modification techniques are in use today? They gave me like, a whole list of weather modifications that are in yeah. use today, but that, yeah, but yeah. at the same time, yeah. on a on a mainstream platform, that's actually a conspiracy theory. But it like the list, this perplexity thing actually cites its sources, and they're like some of them were like official, like weather, yeah, like dot yeah. gov things, you know. And I'm like, they're literally right here. They're saying we do these things, and yeah. And then you say it on like a popular news channel and they're like, that's a conspiracy theory. We don't talk about conspiracy theories here. It's like, it's literally a product. You can literally pay for a company to make it rain. Yes. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. No, I get more and more convinced like the aluminum. So you have to explain why the aluminum content is going up 
in the topsoil as well. So like even you can even find reports from like USDA that aluminum is increasing in the topsoil. You're like, what? What's the other thing that's increasing in soil? <sighs> Microplastics. What is glitter? It's aluminum, apparently, and micro-sized plastic on micro I, This is what it is, folks. <laughs> like the stuff that they're talking. It's not. A, <laughs> this is my, I'm obsessed with this. I believe in it. Project Westford. This is establishes uh, precedent for this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is just better technology. Yeah, and, maybe. And it's not a and ha, and ninety percent of what I'm saying is like not a conspiracy. Well, yeah. There's like some questions. I guess it's like how is it happening? The things you can know for sure, are like they definitely do spray the sky. Now, what extent do they do that on? I don't know. Uh, they definitely there is aluminum in the soil in increasing levels. There is plastics all over the environment, increasing levels. And glitter does have a very secretive manufacture process and is aluminized plastic. So you just, okay, how do we string it all together? Kim, do you still have that video of that gay guy in Italy? The gay guy in Italy? Can you send that to me? Sorry. Maybe we'll have some video content or something. This is not good evidence, but it's definitely entertaining. Well, I've seen some videos about all this stuff. It's so strange. I've seen clips of people like spraying, you know, people just taking videos of the sky and being like, what are these chemtrails? And the haze, just like you're talking about taking. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I do not know. I've also seen uh, former military people on video saying like, yeah, that's toxic. Like that, what they're spraying in the air, that's toxic. And so it's like, okay, I don't know. Either, either the conspiracy is a conspiracy, like it's all organized disinformation, like we've got a lot of people together like to craft some kind of crazy narrative, or it's just true and no one wants to talk about it. Um, anyway. We don't have to say anything else about it. Like if you... Look it up on your own time. We'll get into it more time. People get bothered by like, how could everybody keep it secret and this, that, and the other? I'm like, I don't, I'm not even saying people are keeping it secret. I don't even, I'm not commenting on that. I make up whatever story, <laughs> make up whatever story you want to, but it has to include the other evidence, you know, like it has to include this other stuff. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it may not be intended to like kill us all. It might be intended to facilitate wireless signals from satellites or whatever type yeah, of who communications. Knows the purpose. Who knows? Yeah. But but I'm willing to go pretty far on that. Now watch this. This is funny. You know what I noticed? Since we've been here in Italy, there hasn't been no lines in the skies. Yeah, that's awfully strange, isn't it? Not one line. Not one. Not one chemtrail. That's that's wild. Right. And it's like Coca-Cola has four in- ingredients on the back of a bottle. Yeah, the Coca-Cola here has like four or five ingredients. And they don't have Diet Coke because aspartame is banned in Italy. And uh, <laughs> all of the food, none of it has preservatives or anything in it. No, lunch meat lasts for two days and it goes bad. Yeah, yeah. It's not cured and all that salt. And how about all of those like people <laughs> in that town that were like over 100 years old? 
Yeah, and just living in. and walking. And then two pills. Yeah, blood and they're a blood pressure and, pill and, and whatever. I else. don't know, guys. It seems like it's a lot different here. Yeah, but there's no way you see any. Oh my god. So. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, exactly. So, we all know something's up in America. Okay, we get it. We're done. Glitters in the sky. Whatever. It's over. Um. Anyway, we got to move on from this glitter conspiracy. Anyway, I wanted to make a couple comments. Um, a couple other things I had to bring up. Uh, one, Yuval Noah Harari. Uh, Such an enigma. You were like, you were like last time. He's part of the cabal, and I was like, no. I mean, I don't know. And then I found out. I was like, oh, he's a World Economic Forum member. He's definitely part of the cabal. Yes. So he has this episode with Lex Friedman where Lex Friedman interviews him. And the craziest thing he says Mm -hmm. to me, or one of the craziest things that I didn't bring up last time that I did want to talk about was he talks about like this post-AI robot future of work for humans. He's like, once we have AI robots in the future, human work will be less mundane. We won't have to toil so much on all these repetitive things. And we can do like these truly creative enterprises and people can have more meaningful work and blah, blah, blah. He's the and German Michukaku. From... Can we just point that out? Yes. <laughs> yes. He's Israeli, but <laughs> somehow he's so, German. <laughs> you know, the Jews, the Germans, they get along great. They're basically the same. Yeah. Basically the same. Basically yeah, the same. Of course. Um. But he he says this, and a lot of people will say this. Like you hear this from a lot of these tech billionaire type people who are like, "We're going to automate the future of work, and like people are going to be alleviated from their mundane lives and be doing just arts and crafts essentially. <laughs> like they're going to be in these spiritual and artistic pursuits that are going to enrich humanity. A lot of popsicle sticks level. and Elmer's glue, and yeah, it'll be great. Yeah, but I mean, you really have to expect inspect this for a second because. Everything beautiful and artistic and amazing requires toil and sacrifice. So what he's really saying is like a euphemism for hedonism and nihilism. Like, whatever doesn't satisfy or satiate me immediately needs to be relegated to the machines. That needs to be offloaded from the humans. Mm -hmm. And that's a weird thing, a position to take, because then you're saying that there's no sacrifice, no toil needed. Um... And I think that that leads us to a dark place. And it's like, I think the problem, the way they see it is like, well, human work has become meaningless. Like you've got one of those just turning the cog in the machine sort of jobs. And it, wouldn't it be nice if you didn't have to do that? But the solution that they're promising is sort of what you've mentioned. It's like do more progress to the progress that caused the problem. It's like an alcoholic who reaches for the alcohol to solve their withdrawal. It's like the problem of the meaninglessness of that job is the industrializing, dehumanizing process that we've been going on for over a hundred years now? Yeah, and the, the solution and this, is not more automation, more right, industrialization. It's, it's more the of solution the same. is going back to community and individuals. Exactly, that just exacerbates the problem. So you're like, this is not. And so it's just strange because you see, he's very smart, he's very intellectual, but you're like, clearly, you're not. You're missing the point. Like, and I'm not that smart, so it's like it doesn't even take someone that smart to like just analyze what you're saying. And this is the other thing I want to say about it. It's like, and I was texting Johnny about this, um, (laughs) the person who came on our podcast and shared the end time predictions, because he sent me this article about it. And in the article, they talk about Yuval Noah Harari being like a WEF member and like being a satanic cabal or whatever. And I was like, well, 
he does kind of represent like a satanic spirit in some sense. And it, like he embodies or ma- makes manifest a satanic spirit. And what do I mean by that is like Jordan Peterson has made this point. It's like the intellect is like the spirit that is closest to God. It sees the furthest. It's the, the best, you know, most amazing gift that humans have. And then I think the the sin there is to elevate the intellect to the position of God and then to identify with it. Like, I am God. Like, I am my intellect. I am God. Yeah, I don't trust in God. I trust in science. Exactly. That's the exact ethos these people have. It's like, trust the science. The intellect is the best thing that ever happened to humans. And you'll hear them say that, like, the intellect is going to solve all of our problems and uh, and then they, they say things like, we're going to remake humans. We're going to make them better. We're going to fix the environment. We're going to make everything perfect with what? Our intellect. And uh, yeah, I think that is really like a kind of satanic spirit. Like that's like a, like we have elevated the intellect to the position of God. And we think now that we are going to do God's work better than him. And I'm not saying I know God, like that sounds like I think God is like a man or whatever, like just like a little person in the sky. But I just mean like, we don't know how the universe was created, how everything is the way it is, why and how it works. And all of a sudden we have the hubris to be like, well, you know, we could just play around with some some radio waves and some glitter in the sky and some, you know, right. <laughs> whatever. Dipole needles. Crypto. But well, I made this point before and I'll make it again because I think it's exactly in line with what you're talking about. There's... If like the God analogy or whatever like bothers people, like you, I feel like there's some version of understanding that shouldn't bother you. And it like you could say there are light, and now some people literally like the Dan Dennis, the Sam Harris's, like might really like intellectualize this away and and actually not understand it, not believe it. Like they're so far, but that's like if you're actively running from these kinds of truths because they scare you. But this is, I believe. Right. Palatable well, you're so identified with the intellect. You're like, I am this. Yeah. Well, and if something mysterious pops up, like for those guys, you know, or Dan Dennett, you know, like consciousness, well, then I'll, if, since I can't like make it make sense in like all these words, then I'll tell you instead that it's not really there. It's an illusion. You're, right. I, we don't know why it has a feeling, but it does. And that's all just like fake stuff. But what happens is, I believe is if there's like a hubris, you use that word or pride that, that, so, okay, let me go back to the forces. So you have light and dark forces in the world, right? I mean, you have love and hate, you have like anger and, you know, forgiveness. Like these are, these are forces that like make an impact, you know, like in real life, go cultivate jealousy within yourself and see how that affects your life. Like these are, real Mm -hmm, they're mm -hmm. real enough you know so if you have the intellect and the intellect is capable of doing the things that it is capable of doing i mean some stuff you're like what are you doing out there spraying needles in the sky and at the same time though here we are talking to each other through technology that is kind of incomprehensible in a way you know it's just out of control like so so we can do actually really fantastic godlike it's godlike the most intense capability that we have it's fantastical but then that's gets if you couple that with this hubris with this pride of man thing and elevating ourselves above anything and everything else that's the dark force that corrupts that's like a cancer within the intellect 
it's not just the intellect right. on its own. You know, it's like exactly. it's like sex makes babies and makes rapists. You know, it's like there's 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 some exactly, other components yeah. to this stuff, and that's what we that's the same vein of thought there. When we were saying when we say things like we've said a couple of times now, like do let's just we did progress, let's do more progress to the progress because certainly we weren't wrong. Certainly, what we did was good and right by you know downstream effects. They just that's always going to happen. There's always some unintended consequences. It just needs more of the same. So you just keep doing right. this because you never second guess whether or not what we're doing in a larger scope is meaningful. And this is how you can actually have evil things be done for what seem to be non-evil reasons. Because the forces that are... Logical reasons, sensible reasons. Because there's archetypal forces that are like like anger, pride, jealousy, hubris. Like those mm-hmm. are like feed these other things. So you, you'll say it's like, oh, it's just for money or control. Maybe, but those are... I think those are fed by some kind of deeper, almost archetypal negative force. And that's why you can end up going well like some people can't understand certain conspiracies like the glitter thing they can't understand it because they can't imagine anyone would ever be that evil but they don't have to be doing it in their mind for evil intentions their their conscious intention doesn't even have to be evil but what's feeding that desire to do these Mm -hmm. things is is tainted and when you yes okay that's a good point though when you build a house in a bad foundation it crumbles it's it's it does damage to the whole structure, so I think that even though the it's a domicile, it's a place to live, it keeps you sheltered. It's like it does for a time. It seems good immediately, but down the road things start to settle, fasteners come apart, boards start to fall off, repairs need to be done, and you realize your house was not built to last, and that's because right, right. it was built cheaply or lazily or some negative motivating factor sometimes it's just mistakes but ignoring those mistakes well, is also par for the course yeah the point you just made though is so important i think because yeah it really is like people can give you good reasons for why they're doing what they're doing and those reasons don't seem evil they may even be logical they're they in fact probably are sensible and logical and but their motivations can be evil or wrong and people who identify this is why it's so corrupting it's like if you identify with the intellect if you reject anything outside of it well then you run the risk of believing those things like well we're doing the you know we're doing the global control because it really is going to help people and it's going to make things better and you're like that's a logical argument that people are laying out but there's something deeply wrong about it where you're like you don't recognize that what you're actually talking about like you're motivated by control and tyranny and the willingness to use force against other people and that's not even captured in the reasons that you're laying out for like well problem you know and then we got to do progress we got to do the world economic forum and you know spraying the skies so that the sun doesn't heat up the planet too much and like literally things that are floated at the world economic forum or whatever and so yeah i mean that's a, a good point to make is that and then too you made this point about like rationalizing away god and I don't think you need to, like, be a religious person to, like, God is just, like, a stand-in for, like, the things that we don't know, you know, like, there's lots of stuff we don't know, God, you know, like, whatever it is that explains all of this that, like, we don't know, we humble ourselves before, you know, in some sense. I mean, in a way, that, like, it, yeah. God is, like, it kind of almost is, like, the fabric of reality. It's what everything 
if 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 like some texts say like if God was that which was which is and is to come the unmoved mover the uncreate the non-created creator like the primary thing the first thing that if there if everything if there was a first thing in that way and even the big bang and evolutionary theories like they can't get away from this or origin point idea like it's a black hole it's a vacuum it's a sink it's a really they always go it's it was really infinitesimally small and like that explains anything that doesn't explain anything you're still starting then if that's your theory physicist then you have you basically have to call the infinitesimally small speck it it must contain everything within it and it must be god you know you still are giving me <laughs> some miraculous example of reality and so if everything emanates from that source then that thing including the reality in which the things that emanate exist in then all of reality including the canvas and the place the entire the the fact that there is extension in the world so like we are ex literally extended into space even the space that we're extended into is emanates from the place that i in the space came from everything comes from that source so what 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 point were we making i just wow. i was just harping on the reality of what these people are <laughs> oh well we were God. we were talking about what these people are tinkering with yeah 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 well it does appeal to something it's like yeah we do need to be in balance like have a, a relationship that makes sense with our environment and the world around us and you know, maybe religious people would say with God. Um, or just not dispelling like, with all yes. the goodness in, in, in life. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes these people or these systems or these institutions literally just lack lack things. They don't, it's not like they have the opposite. It's not like the World Economic Forum is full of hate. It's just empty. It doesn't, it's, and we've done mm. this through like making everything into entities, corporations, businesses, they're entities. You're a corporation as a person, like you're an, an entity. Everything's an entity, entity, entity. We actually create them and they're like golems, you know, they're Frankensteins, they're abominations because we've built yeah. them. They actually do come into existence and then they actually can mobilize and literally do stuff like they do things and they're composed of individuals and people. But at the same time, they do, in a way, take on a life of their own. And what kind of motives are these things given? They're, they're, not, they're not even real. So you can't really give Frankenstein or a golem a heart. Like You can't give it love. You can't really you can't do, do it either with an AI. You can't give it that because it's not real. You've made something. You aren't God, but you think you can make – You know, you, you're trying to get so close – and the fact right, is, yeah, you you literally can't do it. You can't give it like compassion. You can't give these institutions love because they're not actual entities. That we just we're building false things. They're not, and but we're calling yeah. and we're not recognizing them as false. Well, they don't die, and partly that's one of the reasons I think is why is that they don't. Like, why is it that yeah you you might be led into those things? And I think it's partly a lot of it has to do with if not fundamentally at a very basic level it has to do with the fact that your life is limited like in in the sense that like you know that death is coming for you leads you to behave in ways that you wouldn't like otherwise if you were just immortal and i think that that fundamental difference makes yeah these like forever corporations that live on beyond anyone kind of 
messed up, but we harp on it all the time. Yeah, yeah. That was, well, I wanted to bring up this. So you kind of mentioned like, oh, everything's made of small things. You know, that's kind of an idea. Um, comes from the smallest bit or smallest atom or particle or whatever. And so I watched this movie Oppenheimer. Um, you know about the big, yeah, we went and saw the big atomic movie. Uh, very fun to go see in theaters. I recommend um, just for the sonic experience because there's lots of rumblies and it's oh. very exciting. Oh. Yeah. It's got a really good soundtrack. I will, I wanted to play the soundtrack on this. We might try and then if it just gets taken down, we could just, whatever, edit it out or something. Um, but one of the things that they talk about in there, which is just a startling fact, is, uh, yeah, so most things like what we consider material are empty space. And I just thought that's like a, it's like kind of a deep thought. And then you're like, what is holding all of this stuff together? Like, because you think like it's matter, like it's material, like it's dense. But then it's like at the atomic level, most of the atom is space. Like it's just huge. Like, I mean, they've done those like uh, comparisons. It's like if the nucleus was like at the middle of a football field, the electron is like, at the outside of the football field. And so you're like, most of it's just space. And you're like, what's even holding that electron around that nucleus? Unless and you believe that space is fake, including that kind of space, and that really we live in an ether. Like there actually is a substance. It's just... That that's something, sure, yeah. Yeah, maybe. And it could be, I just think, yeah. And that could still be true to just think about, like, how is it? There's like these forces, you know, this, and they kind of make this, you know, it's like a little poetic scene where like these two people's hands like kind of touch or whatever. And it's like these forces of attraction, that you know, pull us together. And I thought that's interesting. And then I saw this TED talk too. It reminded me where she uh, it's this like kind of crazy old lady, but she's talking about how she's going to die. And she's like, I'm happy about it. She's like, I'm going back into the earth. And she's like. Life is a gift-giving cycle. I've been given the gift of life, and now I get to give it back. And, you know, she's just very, like, funny, wise old cracks, and she's a very nice old lady. But one of the things she said was, uh, you know, talking about this gift-giving economy. And, uh, yeah. Well, damn, I forgot what she said. It'll come back. Was she, this is someone from the movie that was in the movie? No, no, oh. no, no. She was just a TED talk. This was like oh, TED talk. another idea. Yeah, so she gave this TED talk, and uh, in the movie they were talking about space. Oh, the law of attraction. So the thing this lady said that I thought was interesting that related to the movie, so there's like these laws of attraction that pull us together, and she talks about, you know, rea reality comes into being through an interaction, and that was like an interesting concept. And so she like ended her little talk, and she was like, and so I want to thank you the audience for like making my life real. And I thought that that was such a deep little like pithy thing to say, you know, it's like, I think because partly we can ham, you know, hark all day long on like the evil of the world and how terrible what these WEF people are doing and what the hell's going on. But I also think it's like, there are these opposites that exist, and they're like irreconcilable, like the good and the bad, and uh, it was the very rational, it's the very Gestaltian, like figure ground, you know, like there has to be right. It's the interaction, yeah, exactly what that lady was saying, and I was like, that's so deep because it really is. I've been reading Young too recently, 
because uh, I'm obsessed. But he talks about that. It's like there's this is gets weird and wild, but we'll go there for a second. He talks about like the symbology of squaring the circle, and he's like, this is a very important like metaphor, very and Freemasonic like, notion. He's like, yeah, it pops up all over the place. And he's like, and what is this about? And there's like the circle being like the oneness. like, And then he's like, and immediately the squaring it being like the division into opposites. And he's like, and this is like the beginning of this like mandala thing where you have like circles inscribed in squares, inscribed in other shapes. And it's like, and so there's something interesting about like, the fractal nature of reality, like emanating out of like some unity into like, you know, opposites. Um, and that, and then so he goes on to say, well, this is also like the Christian idea of like God or Jesus on the cross. It's like Jesus suffers on the cross, which suffer literally means like to bear from below, like sub, fur, fair, like to carry from below. Um, and he suffers on the cross. And the cross is just the bearing witness to, I think, the irreconcilable opposites, like the cross being like that irreconcilable opposites, like the square kind of idea. Perpendicular. And you're like bearing that. Because I came up with this idea recently. We were talking about terror management theory. Um, And terror management theory is this idea that like in psychology, a lot of what you do can be explained by like the fact that you know that you're going to die, but that you have to live anyway or whatever. And that's a particular problem with people. It's like people know they're going to die in a way that animals don't know that they're going to die. Um, but anyway, I was like, well, what's worse? And this was a question I was going to ask you. Uh, what's worse, death or suffering? And um, because terror management theory is like, well, you have this terrible fear of death. And I was thinking about that. And I was like, well, I don't know that it's a terrible fear of death. Because death really isn't the worst thing that can happen to you. And you think about, like, like I like to think about this idea of, like, Kali, like this uh, Indian goddess archetype idea, where she's, like, the goddess of death, but she's also the goddess of rebirth. And so she's the bringer of growth and life to the universe, at the same time being the bringer of death. So she has this kind of, like, transcendent character. But Satan... So the Christian idea of Satan, Satan isn't the god of death. Satan presides over hell. Satan presides over unlimited suffering, endless suffering. And so that's a very interesting distinction there that I was thinking about. And so all of this, yeah, going back to like what, well, maybe what you're running from is like the having to bear witness to the irreconcilable, the inconceivable, like you're thrust into a world of seemingly incoherence, like constant contradiction and the reconciling of opposites. And that's where Jung would say that you really develop as a person. You become a full actualized person. Is like at the point you like stand right at the point between those things, between opposites. Or well, the original sin and brought, so, brought about the knowledge of good and evil, which is another way of saying oh, they brought about the, the knowledge of the difference between these exactly. two things. Right, the emergence of contradiction and binary from unity, and what and, uh, and what did that yes. do? It it brought about suffering. So like immediately, the th- you're cast right. out of the garden, and the things it says things like, now you'll have to you know labor over the ground, eat by the sweat of your brow. Your your work will be toil, you know, and unrelenting. So it seems like that those are all the things we do. Whereas you look at like things that are subjected to pure nature. 
maybe like cats or something still live in the Garden of Eden in some kind of way because they don't like the like can you imagine like we're trying to survive and to do so we feel like we have to work all fucking day long whereas i have like 12 cats running around in the backyard and 80 to 90 percent of the time they're just sleeping they're just chilling oh it's when the sun comes out they move to the shade in the barn or under the tree when it's dusk they come out they run around they try to get food from us they catch frogs they catch rats but they're not frantically trying to survive. They're just existing. If they knew of their mortality, if they knew of the potential for them, for themselves, their selves to suffer, they would be frantic like we are. You know, right. build, I got to build the house and keep the like... house full of power and AC and work and work and work and work to get the things. Because if I don't have so many things, I might die. I might, I might suffer. It will be bad. I won't socially, I'll be a loser. I won't be cool. People won't like me. I'll be ugly. I got to get the makeup. I got to get everything. I got to do all the stuff all the time, constantly, forever and ever until I die. Right. And it's like, what a bizarre. And yeah. I don't know well, if, it, if it's escapable. Like... I don't know if it's like, we should just be like cats. I don't think that's going to work either. Well, yeah, exactly. But that's what, yeah, so that's a really good way to put it. That's what I was going to say is young thought that that's where the, the like epistemological, like the, what what is the Christ image or whatever, like dying on the cross, like bearing all that suffering is like, that's the human condition at the epitome of like being what's most real, what's most you, what's most human is like standing at the precipice between and he would say, like, between the conscious and the unconscious, like, the, the known and the unknown, these opposites, you know, the rational and the irrational. And, like, falling into unconsciousness is to die, is to become, to fall into darkness, to just instinctual behavior, to lose consciousness, literally. And then to fall into consciousness, though, is to, like, what exactly we were saying, like, to be possessed by the intellect or something. And so you have to, like, sort of suffer at the crossroads between those things is like you have to bear, you know, the unconscious instinctual urges, the flow, the movement of the unconscious that you don't know that is like guiding you, pulling you, you know, contorting you in different ways, but then also remain you, like remain conscious and, 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 you know, uh, utilize your will or maybe whatever, like Jesus has to, has to die on the cross. He has to will it like to stay there. This might be the pantheon, you know, it's like the fact that the, that all the gods, you know, of anywhere, you know, they all, if it's ever major pick of religion, Christianity, there's the God guy and he's the most high. Well, the most high, in my approximation implies a somewhat less high, maybe multiple highs. Like you should have no other gods above me. Not to say there's no other gods, but that there's some kind of ultimate thing. And that God isn't just like, and I'm the good one. I think that one is probably, and I'm the fabric of all existence and reality. And all gods uh, serve me, even if they think they don't, because that's the kind of God I am. I created them or whatever. <laughs> right. Whereas, so I think, you know, that's, that might be that pantheon and, and this intellect thing that we're obsessed with or science or what will pick your thing is uh they're they're set above the most high thing they're set in in the wrong order alistair crowley 
is like a well-known like kind of evil guy. Uh, some people say not so evil. Some people say a little jokey. He was like banned from England. Like he was kind of a like satanic a guy. Kind of, yeah. Very, very like what's up is down kind of guy. But he has the this like rule. And it says, so you might say, let's say like love is ultimate. So like love above everything. Mm. Meaning everything. Love is like that God that's like, I created the fabric of reality. Yeah. And remember, I was saying before in another episode, maybe the Johnny one, that the best like opposite or the best evil isn't the opposite. It's not like good guy, white suit, bad guy, red suit does bad thing. The best opposite is a counterfeit. It looks just like the other one. It's actually difficult to even tell. You have to really actually get down to the fact, even if it's, it could be actually literally identical, but where it came from is what makes the difference. If you're talking about a dollar, counterfeit dollar, it has to have come from the Federal Reserve. Otherwise, I mean, I get it, Federal Reserve, blah, blah, blah. But I'm saying in theory, it has to come from that official place. Otherwise, it's, it's mm-hmm. just not legit, even if everything about it, if it, even if it was made there by the wrong guy, you know, like it has to be the right one. So Alistair purpose Crowley- is corrupted. Its purpose is to deceive. Yes. So Alistair Crowley has this line in one of his writings and he says, love will be the whole of the law. But then he says, love under will. So mm. it immediately wow. inverts just the number one and two point. It says- Love, basically, is like, yeah, love's really important, but not as important as man, as doing whatever you want to do. That's the that's the ultimate. And so that's where people get this idea that he's like kind of this satanic guy, and he says all sorts of crazy stuff and did weird sex magic and stuff. I mean, just really strange guy. And you, <laughs> oh, and you could see that. Like, if you just heard love as a whole law, love under will, you might go, oh, well, that sounds, maybe that's okay. Let me think about that. But then you look at the life lived, of you know, yes. and you're like, so do you want to do like sex magic till people almost die? And like, that's also part of your will above love theory. Like, okay, you've made an error kind of like you will know them. You will know the trees by their fruits. Exactly. What are the fruits of the tree? A long trajectory of justifying evil deeds and Satan stuff like that. You know, I mean, just. Right. Right. Yeah. And as if the point needs to be made, I just heard Jordan Peterson make it really eloquently recently. It's like, you know, if it were just your will, like, and so like your conscience about like what's right and good, why can't you get that thing under control? It's so hard. Yeah. Why can't you just feel good about everything then if it's just your will, you know, that's supreme? So Yeah, it can't be. I mean, yeah. I think that's the struggle, the reconciliation of opposites. Like you were, I mean, you kind of brought it back, but when you were talking about what Young said, and it was like, I think, I, I was thinking when you were saying it, and I think you it, it painted the picture eventually that kind of fulfilled this for me, but it's like, it's more than just the known and the unknown, I think was what you said in my mind, because it's, it's sometimes- It's, it's like every opposite. I, it's hard to paint the picture. Because sometimes there's knowns, and then there's just confusion about the known. You know, you're just like, I see it, but I don't actually get it. Like I, I see humans in like a natural goodness and a natural badness. I mean, I see them even within a single person, you know, and you're just like, mm-hmm. I'm exactly, you know, it's just, I don't right. even know what to do with reality when presented with it starkly and 
right there in front of you. You're like, that's the hubris and the pride and stuff that nobody's doing anymore. Nobody's being humbled by facts like that. We're just yeah plowing right on through that. Exactly. Well, do you think I can play this video? If if it doesn't work, we can just cut it out. I think you have to. I think you have to. Uh, it's I think on you YouTube. Have to, I think you have to say, uh, "This is like uh, what's that word?" No, I, I want to say open source, but it's not. That's not what I mean. It's um, basically we're doing this for educational purposes. Is what I'm saying. We're doing this for educational purposes. Okay? What is what is that word though? What what am I trying to say? Um, I can't remember, man. God, what the hell? Public, public Pu- use. Public use, fair use. That's it. It's like a fair use fair thing. Use. So for a reason, we're doing this not to just use it commercially at, oh. at all. Look, okay, well, yeah, we're not even making any money, so whatever. I just wanted to play. This is the soundtrack. One of the the songs from the soundtrack of Oppenheimer. You should go see it because it's a great sonic experience. But there's just I thought the soundtrack was really powerful and a good, you know, kind of interesting. You can take what we've said and then listen to this and it's just maybe this will be interesting. Um okay. Here we go. crap fair use <laughs> I just think that's that's great that's fantastic 